the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Life circumstances uniquely affect people differently, yet God's love, grace, and mercy are limitless. The good news is God's word is uniquely sufficient. He knows what to do in every situation. He made us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. The Bible tells us to trust him, lean on him, and to acknowledge him. Whether it's a success, a setback, or a failure, no matter what it is, God will order our steps when we depend on him and him alone to uniquely perform his good and perfect work within us. Listen as Pastor Rander continues. Let's just turn to 3 John verses 1 through 8. 3 John 1 through 8 uh, is at the very end of the Bible. Once you start at Revelation and didn't go back from there and you get to it faster. 3 John verses 1 through 8. It says, The elder to the beloved guest, whom I love in truth, beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. For I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you just as you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the brethren and for strangers who have borne witness of your love before the church. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you will do well because they went forth in his name or for his name's sake, taking nothing from unbelievers. We therefore ought to receive such that we may become fellow workers for the truth. And from this particular passage of scripture, uh, we want to uh, preach caring for the Lord's workers, caring for the Lord's workers. In verses one and two, uh, it reads, the elders to the beloved guests whom I love in truth. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. In verses one and two, John prays for Gaius. Verses one and two, John prays for Gaius. In verses 1 and 2, John greets Gaius and prays that he would prosper in all things because of his commitment. Uh, John wanted to see Gaius prosper and be healed uh, because of his dedication and generosity to the Lord's work and the saints. John also prays that Gaius would be in good health, which is to be sound in body, soul, and and spirit. John prays for Gaius's health because it may have been that Gaius had some kind of health issues. He prays, the beloved apostle John prays for Gaius's health because of his value to him and the Lord's church. Beloved, what value do you bring to the Lord's church? Uh, what spiritual investments are you making 
in your church, the Lord's church. In 3 John 1a, the scripture says, underline this, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Again, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. In this particular verse, John values the ministry of prayer and intercedes for Gaius's health because of the value that Gaius brought to the Lord's church. The question I pose to you is, are you living in a spirit of prayer? As John prays for Gaius, are you interceding for others who need prayer? And do you value prayer? Let me ask you a question. Why does Satan do everything in his power to keep believers from praying? Why does Satan do everything in his power to keep believers from praying? Satan don't want you to pray, and there are reasons he does not want you to pray. He's very intentional about disrupting your prayer life. So why is it that he don't want you to pray? Why is it that he doesn't want husbands and wives to pray, children to pray, the seniors to pray, the churches to pray? Well, A, Satan knows the power of prayer better than we do. And he cannot have victory over a child of God who lives in a spirit of prayer. Satan knows the power of prayer. Satan can't deal with prayer. A praying child of God is a threat to Satan. Satan knows the power of prayer better than we do, and he cannot have victory over a child of God who lives in the spirit of prayer. Why does Satan do everything in his power to keep believers from praying? B, Satan does not want us to pray because he desires for us to have a broken fellowship with God. He wants us separated from God, estranged from God. He wants us drifting from God. So if he can just keep you from praying, if he can just keep you from the 12-hour prayer watch, if he can keep you from filling out a form and submitting your prayer needs and praying for one another as, and bearing one another's burdens as the scripture mandates, he's got us right where he wants us to be. See, why does Satan do everything in his power to keep believers from praying? Is Satan wants to keep us from praying because he desires for us to live in pessimism. He don't want you to pray because he wants you in spiritual regression. He does everything to keep you from praying because he wants you in a spirit of negativity. He does everything to keep you from praying because he wants you to live in a state of depression. He wants you in a perpetual state of loss of joy. And he wants you to possess suicidal tendencies to the extent that you actually commit suicide. But if you are praying, man, woman, or God, prayer keeps depression away. It keeps negativity and spiritual regression and pessimism and suicidal tendencies. It keeps all of these things away. This is why Satan uh, does everything within his power to keep believers from praying. Let me transition and ask you another question, which should motivate you to pray. Uh, why do believers not give priority to prayer? Why do believers not give priority to prayer? That's a strategic question. Well, A, many believers do not pray because they're just too busy. They, they got to do this and that. They got a big 
list of all the things to do and prayer is not on that list. If you're too busy to pray, you are too busy. Why do believers not give priority to prayer? Uh, Some believers stop praying because they become frustrated with God because he did not answer their prayers in the way they expected. Some believers stop praying because they become frustrated with God because God did not answer their prayers in the way that they expected. Who can know the mind of God? His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And God suffers us to go through some things because his intent is working on us, developing us, maturing us, growing us. So he's not going to always work in the way that we expect. So don't get frustrated or angry at God. As a matter of fact, if you get angry at God, who's going to deliver you when you're in trouble? <laughs> you know, the last person you ought to be angry with is God. Satan has you right where he wants you if you get angry and frustrated with God. Then see, many do not really believe in prayer. Listen, many saints do not really believe in the power of prayer. That's, uh, that's why they don't give priority to, to prayer. Many saints do not really believe in the power of prayer. Beloved, prayer unleashes supernatural power against Satan. Prayer unleashes supernatural power against demons. I don't care if it's a thousand demons coming at you. Uh, prayer and God is more powerful. Great is he that is in you than he that is in the world. A prayer breaks strongholds that's in your life. Prayer breaks the spirit of addiction in your life. And all of us have to struggle with addictions. All kinds of addictions. Addictions, by the way, is not just drugs and alcohol. You know, addiction is too much cell phone. Addiction is too much, uh, too much texting. Addiction, too much television, too much news. Addiction, too much eating, overeating, too much sweets, you know, too much entertainment. And and, and so we can get addicted to a whole lot of things. So this is just a snippet of a list as to why believers do not give priority to prayer. And then what are the consequences of not praying? Our responsibility as pastor and wife of this church is to get God's people uh, praying because there are spiritual benefits to a praying people for the glory of God. What is the spiritual benefits of praying? Prayer keeps us near the Savior. Prayer keeps us near the Savior. Another benefit is prayer strengthens our faith. Prayer strengthens our faith. In other words, when you pray, the closer you get to God, As you pray, God increases your faith. He strengthens your faith. Uh, The benefits of prayer is that prayer revives our spiritual life. Prayer revives our spiritual life. You know, some saints have allowed themselves to become dry and drabby and slow. But prayer revives our spiritual life. Another benefit of prayer is that prayer gives us wisdom in decision-making. How many of you have decisions you have to make? I mean, coming here and praying over those decisions, God will tell you the right thing to do in the right way and how it's to be done. Prayer gives wisdom in decision-making. Life has 
a multiplicity of decisions. And then prayer enables and empowers believers to endure and persevere during difficult times. Prayer enables and empowers believers to endure and persevere in difficult times. Are we in difficult times? Yes. Let's not play games with ourselves. You, you can cut television on. You can look at the condition. You can ride down the street. You can just walk down the street. And you can see we are, the perilous times have come. And uh, listen, uh, prayer keeps us from fainting. Prayer keeps us from giving up, throwing in the towel. Prayer increases our endurance. It increases our perseverance then what are the consequences of not praying? What are the consequences of not praying? And then we'll be done with this particular session. Uh, what, are the, what are the consequences of not praying? A, when we have an anemic prayer life, fear and worry will get the best of us. When you have a weak, anemic prayer life, you're gonna be more afraid of things that's happening all around you. You're going to worry more and it's going to get the best of you. But prayer uh, help us to overcome fear and worry. B, when we do not pray, we lose the battle to temptation and experience more defeats than victories. We, we, God calls us to live a victorious Christian life. But I declare to you today, if you're praying less, there will be more defeats than victories in your life. Then see, without prayer, our lives will not be aligned with the word of God and the will of God. Without prayer, our lives will not be aligned with the word of God and the will of God. Life is too short for you not to be in the will of God. And the word of God will reveal the will of God. Beloved, we must be intentional about living in a spirit of prayer, and we are spiritually negligent when we fail to give priority to prayer. We need to be like John and value the ministry of prayer. In verses 1 and 2, let's look back at the text. In verses 1 and 2, John was concerned about Gaius' health. He prays that he would be in good health and that his soul would prosper. How does a soul prosper? How does a soul prosper? For the soul to prosper, we must first have the life of God in our soul. For the soul to prosper, we must first have the life of God in our soul, which comes by receiving Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. A soul without God cannot prosper. A soul without God cannot prosper. Now, you don't hear too much talk about the soul, but you have a soul. You ever say the word soul? When last time you talked about your soul, whether you talk about it or not, you have one. And so we need to talk about that. Your soul, your soul. What is the soul? What is the soul? Well, in the Greek, the word is suke. Uh, P-S-U-C-H-E, suke. The soul is the immaterial part of a person. The doctors can cut you open and they can't see your soul. The immaterial part of a person, which is eternal in nature. 
It's eternal. You know, the soul, it also encompasses the intellect. The soul makes up the intellect, the emotions, and the will, all of which constitute the soul. Okay? Uh, the soul, it, it refers to the inner person, the inner person, and was created by God to have a deep yearning for him. Beloved, there are three things that are eternal. There are three things that are eternal. First, God is eternal. God, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God is eternal. Psalms 90, verse chapter 90, verse 2 says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, even from, look, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is eternal. I'm so glad God does not have a beginning or end. He's there all the time. There's never a time when God is not. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. God is eternal. Secondly, the soul of man is, and woman is eternal. The soul of man and woman is eternal. Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 7 says, And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a, look at this, a living soul. There it is. You have within you a living soul. The soul at conception, that's a baby who possesses a living soul. Through the nine months of pregnancy, that baby is a living soul. At birth, it's a living soul. There's never time you cease to be a living soul. A living soul. And third, the word of God is eternal. Mark 13, 31 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. That's why I say keep you from getting, he wants to keep you from getting this book. This book is eternal. This book has supernatural power. You can't get rid of the word if you try to. As a matter of fact, it will, it's truth and it will come to pass as foretold. You want to know the future? Read the Bible. You want to know the beginning? Read the Bible. You want to know what's in between? Read the Bible. You want to know the lies of our day? Read the Bible. Truth will tell you about the lies. <laughs> People have been trying to get rid of this Bible for ages, but it's still here. And the bestseller on the market today, extra, extra, read all about it. It's the newsiest news. It's news that's been new. It's good news. It's good news for the soul. It nourishes the soul. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. You can bank on the words. You can stand on the words. You can declare the word. You can hold on to the word. You can affirm the word. The word is the word of the living almighty God. I'm holding the word. When is the last time you thank God for having the word of God in your language? Think about that one. Well, that's that would be a praise report right there. You know, there are many, many, many people groups still do, that still do not have the word of God in their language. 
And you've been having the word of God in, in the language you got. Family Bibles, big Bibles, little Bibles, dusty Bibles. <laughs> and, and, and you actually don't read it. Some people often ask, well, what's, what's the best translation? The one you read. <laughs> the one you read. NIV, New KJV, ESV, Amplified Version. I like about that. Don't, don't go crazy in some of those liberal, neutral gender Bibles. You know, they got same one to counterfeit some things out there as it relates to the word. But, uh, but stay with the basic uh, Bible translation and you'll be on good ground. So the word, the word of God is eternal. Beloved, the soul of a person, listen to this, the soul of a person is eternal and will never die. Your soul is a living soul. Say living soul. Now, now, listen to this. When the body dies physically, the soul departs the body and either goes to be with the Lord if that person knows Christ as his or her personal savior, or the soul goes to hell because the person rejected Christ as their personal savior. There's no such thing as soul sleep. The soul never sleeps. When your body sleeps, that soul is still active and living. There's no such thing as the annihilation of the soul. Y'all listening now. This is, theology. this is theology. There's no such thing as the annihilation of the soul where the soul ceases to exist. Oh, people really want you to go, oh, you just done. It's over. Oh, no. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11b says, also, he, referencing God, has put eternity in their hearts. When you have the soul, a living soul in you, you have eternity living in you. And that, so when that soul departs to go either to heaven or hell, it's a living soul in eternal bliss and happiness with God or, tor- or in torment in hell. Now, let's transition. I mean, this is this third, third John is just absolutely fascinating. The content is the book is just that tiny, but it's loaded and pregnant with spiritual truth. What wars against the soul? What wars against the soul? Let me give you a few. A, pursuing the gratification of the flesh wars against the soul. Pursuing the gratification of the flesh wars against the soul. First Peter chapter two, verse 11 says, beloved, I beg you. Peter here is talking and he's writing to believers. He says, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. He's talking to believers. Do you not know you are sojourner and a, you know what a sojourner and a pilgrim is? You're just passing through. You, you don't stake your stake so deep that you're not leaving. You're leaving here. We're sojourners and pilgrims. And so it says, since you're traveling through, abstain from fleshly lust, which wars against the soul. Peter tells the believers to abstain from fleshly lust, which are our evil cravings. Abstain from our evil passions and desires, which comes from a from our depraved sinful nature. Peter tells the believer to abstain from fleshly lusts, which are our evil cravings, passions, and desires, which comes from our depraved sinful nature. B, what wars against the soul? Allowing your evil passions and desires to go unrestrained 
wars against the soul. You know, you can cut loose evil wise if you don't guard yourself and if you don't live under the influence of the Holy Spirit. You can get, it's possible for you to be out of control because of a lack of the word in your life. Colossians 3, 5 says, put to death, put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you, anything that's earthly and fleshly, put it to death. Put what to death? Sexual immorality, impurity, passions. Put to death evil desires and covetousness, which is idolatry. Put it to death. Kill it. Certain things you ought to kill. Don't kill people. Kill this stuff that's warring against your soul. Put that to death. See what wars against the soul? Allowing satanic thoughts to intrude into your mind and not taking them captive wars against the soul. Allowing satanic thoughts to intrude into your mind and not taking them captive. You don't take those satanic thoughts captive that's attempting to enter your mind, you let them in, they will war against your own soul. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses four and five says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Anything that's not of God, anything that's a satanic, that is satanic in nature, you are to, by the Holy Spirit's power, take it captive, lest it take root in your mind, run rampant, and destroy you and others around you. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the radio broadcast support fund. Thank you very much for your generosity. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.